some of the things that we've ascertained thus far that you should know and should already be actively doing these things is that as disciples of Jesus, we have the responsibility to go out into all the world and preach the good news. Now, listen, it is good news for a reason. And we have learned over these past several weeks reasons why the gospel is good news. And what we mean by the gospel, we're talking about Jesus coming, dying, being buried, raised again, seen, ascended, and seated uh, next to the Father. There's a reason uh, or there's some great significance for us as new creation believers as a result of Christ's death, burial, resurrection, again, seeing, ascension, and seating. That is good news. And once you realize what that means for you and I, now you can turn me down, sir. Pay attention. Uh, uh, so now, and once you realize that, you will uh, not only clearly articulate this to others, but you will begin to live in a freedom or that freedom whereby Christ has set you free. <laughs> now, we have taken on various subheadings, and I want you to write this down for today. It's guaranteed. Or it's a guarantee. Let me say it that way. It's a guarantee. Will you say that? It's a guarantee. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. It's a guarantee. Amen. Who's glad to be in the presence of the Lord this morning? Amen. <laughs> you had me fooled there for a second. All right. Uh, now, a couple of things, and you know I'm a teacher, so we always give a little review and we add new information. And let me say this, that review is so vitally important. And through that review, it starts creating new pharaohs, digging up rigid beliefs, old beliefs, those beliefs that are incongruent with the word of God or, or tries to fight you when truth is being declared. But you slowly but surely start finding yourself walking into those revelation truths. But we looked at, and you can uh, just put the chapter reference up 1 Corinthians 15, particularly through verses 1 through 6, we've seen the fundamentals of the gospel uh, as, again, Apostle Paul clearly states them. And uh, these things are one. We see that the message of the gospel is accompanied by many infallible proofs. Number one, Christ died for our sins. Who died for our sins? Christ. Who died for our sins? Christ. Again, that's proved proved by his burial. And he rose again on the third day. That's proved by his resurrection and the eyewitnesses. And of course, this was all done according to scriptures. Who died for our sins? Who? Okay. And throughout the season, we learned that no other name has been given under heaven whereby man must be saved. So one of the things that we are to declare when we are declaring the good news is that the only man that could die for you did. And that was the man, Jesus. And just, let, and just let me say this, some religions uh, teach that after death, a Christian soul goes to purgatory to be purged and cleansed. Uh, and, and it sounds comical, but it's not funny because people believe this, that their souls go to purgatory uh, to be cleansed of the sins that had not been fully satisfied during their life. And see, this is why understanding this is, is important. Because Christ died for our sins. And uh, mama in them, family them, no one, listen, there's really no use or praying for someone who is dead is not going to do you nor them any good. <laughs> Especially if you are praying that their soul be released. See, I'm mentioning this because the next point we're going to learn today, see, you have to be sure of your salvation. And see, if I'm not see, when you are sure, there is no need for you to pray for anybody. 
once they leave here. Why? Because I know where he went or where she went. Then to, to say that one must atone for our sins by cleansing and purgatory is to deny the sufficiency of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Let me show you that. First John 2 and 2. So no, and this is not to, listen, we're talking about truth here. And we're talking about what other teachings, as the Bible declares, that are being taught throughout the land. There's only one gospel. Salvation can be found in no other name. Are you here? So let's read this. And he himself is the what? Propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole who is? Jesus. Who? So God forbid you are under that belief and someone dies. Honey, there's nothing at that point that you can do for them. Jesus himself. Listen. You can purchase indulgences. Indulgences, that won't help. You can do marriage's work for them. That won't help. Jesus. <laughs> Listen, is our propitiation not just for yours, but for the whole, for the whole world? Who died for our sins? Jesus. Just wanted to clarify that. Then we went over several points. Why the gospel is good news. We said, number one, the gospel is good news in that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for our sin. There we go again. We've seen that in John 3.16. Number two, we said the gospel is good news in that we're no longer enemies of God. That was a good point. I wish I could take time to elaborate a little bit more on that today, but I don't want to get stuck. But we said number two, the good news is, the gospel is good news in that we're no longer what? Enemies of God. Will you say this? I am no longer as a believer an enemy of God. Why? Because we have been reconciled by the blood of God, blood of Christ, and adopted into the family of God. We said, number three, the gospel is good news in that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Jesus, do you see this? Or do you have this? <laughs> okay, since you have it, what's number four? Okay, number four is the gospel is good news in that we understand Okay, okay, you guys are pretty good note takers. The gospel is good news in that we understand, listen to this, that we do not and cannot earn our salvation. See, this goes back to what I just mentioned earlier, this marriage's work, where if I can get you out of a place called purgatory, see, I'm earning. If I could pay, so, are you here? For the release or that what you're going through be uh, mitigated in some fashion. See, that works. So the gospel is good news in that we understand that we do not and cannot earn our salvation. Do you understand this? And I gave you a plethora, a plethora of verses. And um, I don't want to go there because I get stuck. But I do want to give you a couple things that we said relative to this point. And I said, oftentimes when you mention this, uh, you have those who raise their head and begin to, to declare, uh, faith without works is dead. And James, and I said this, and I want to get to this, in James 2, uh, and just write the verses down for you reading and, and studying them in your leisure, but James chapter 2, particularly verses 14 through 26 is sometimes taken out of context in an attempt to create a work-based system of righteousness. But that's contrary to what the Word of God declares. And I share with you that James is not saying that our works makes us righteous before God, but that real saving faith in Christ is demonstrated by our good works or deeds is what that means. Okay? Now, let me make a point. Again, so James is not saying that our works is what makes us righteous because there are those or there are people who even now who 
think that there's this dissonance between Apostle Paul and James because Paul declares that we're justified by faith. And here you have James saying that it is our works or faith without works is dead. No, no. And once you study this or once you see this, and I gave you uh, again scriptures last week, once you understand James writing and who he was writing to, you would discover that James is not contradicting Apostle Paul. Rather, he is complimenting Apostle Paul. Are you here? So what James is saying is works are deeds are not the cause of salvation. Works or good deeds are the evidence of salvation. So in other words, what he was saying to the believers is that if Jesus is really your Savior and Lord, we will know by your good deeds. Okay? So watch this now. Again, if Jesus is really your Savior and Lord, we will know, men of God, by your good works or your good deeds. So coming to worship is a part of that deed. I don't come to make me righteous. I come because I understand Jesus made me righteous. And because he is my Savior and Lord, I want to do a good deed and not forsake the assembly of myself together with others. So listen, again, if he is Lord, he, ha- he is Lord of all. That means Lord of my money, which is ultimately his. He's Lord over my body. Do you, uh, do, you, do you not know that your body is the temple of Holy Spirit who dwells in you? Are you here? So again, listen to what I'm saying. If I'm a believer and Jesus is really Lord... How will you know? Not by what I say, but what I do. And there are plenty and there are thousands watching. So let me say this, even those who have not found themselves uh, coming out of uh, virtual ministry. If I'm really connected, I will go from in home back to in person, wherever your place of worship is. Are you here? Number five. Let's move to number five because I don't want to get stuck right there. Number five, write this down. The good news, the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news, Brother Jackson, in that our salvation and eternal life ah, are guaranteed through Christ. And half of the religious people just, oh. See, you have to know this. What did I say? The gospel is good news in that I, some of you can't, you, you, no, you, it's hard for you to receive because you don't been told back to what we said last week. If I mess up, I, done, I told you, I got saved. I can't count the, minute, the times I got saved coming up. But that's, again, God bless the old church. When I say old church, earlier church, who were often sincere in their expression of faith, but sometime in error in their theology. So every time you missed it, you got to get saved again. See, now that's workspace. Well, well, at, at what point am I going to be, do I don't have to come back and do this again? And, and it was kind of, uh, I got tickled. Because Pastor and I were talking about it, and she was like, well, you know, you guys, you know, in the, you know, I came up with what they call Pentecostal holiness or whatever you want to call it, holiness church, sanctified church, what they said. Okay. And so, so she was like, well, you guys uh, couldn't get saved enough, and we didn't get saved at all. And, and she, she, well, she came up Baptist, and, uh, and I'm not saying this for every Pentecostal for every Baptist denomination, but her thing was, you know, they opened the doors and asked if you wanted to be a member, but there was no mentioning of, do you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Do you want to receive him as Savior? I mean, you were offered to be baptized, but no offer of salvation. Are you guys here? So the gospel is good news in that our salvation 
and eternal life are guaranteed through who? Christ. Say this, it's a guarantee. Listen. Daughter. I was thinking about our conversation up day. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, daughter. She knows who. I know her name. So some, when I say that sometimes, you guys are like, he, he, I know exactly who she is. So, so, so don't. That's why I don't want to go to. They don't never know your name. I know everybody's name. No, hold on, 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 hold on. Let, let's, let's, stay, let's stay with the, with the word here. But anyway, daughter, there are a lot of people who doubt their salvation. You'll be amazed of the amount of Christians who aren't really sure if they're saved based on the feeling man of God. I don't feel saved. And now the Bible tells us a whole lot about salvation and eternal life. But it doesn't say a whole lot about feeling saved. See, you have to know. Because if, if we were to walk based upon our feelings, uh, some of us would opt it out like many others today and chose to stay home. But we don't worship based upon our feelings. We worship when I feel like it, and I worship when I don't feel like it. See, that's... Commitment to the Lord. But I want to encourage you, you should be confident. You should have confidence. You hear? And knowing that you are the believer now, eternally secure. Based on the promises that God has declared, not your subjective experiences. So when you are securing what he said, you're never moved by what they say, nor by how you feel. <laughs> because if you move based upon how you feel and based upon what they say, you'll find yourself again, Sister Moore, trying to work your way right before God. I'm going to give you all of these verses. So, as a result of that feeling, man, of God, we tend to seek assurance of salvation. Watch this now. In good deeds. So I do, should I, should there be good deeds? Absolutely. We walk in love. We, you know, we start doing things, you know, what the Bible tells us to do. Should I walk in love? Absolutely. Should I be obedient, walking in agreement to God's word? Absolutely. Now, while these things can be evidence of salvation, they are not what we should base the assurance of our salvation on. Do you get what I just said? Yeah, I, I, I want to do good deeds. I want to love others. I want to walk upright. I want to live in agreement. But I don't base my assurance off those things. Because the moment you fall short of those things, then there goes your assurance. Do those things, but your security or assurance should not be tied up into those things. Pray every day, man, man of God, as often as you desire. But your assurance shouldn't be rested on how much or how long, minister, I prayed today. Oh. Are you here? Why? Because, again, our eternal life and salvation are guaranteed through Christ, not through you. Oh. See, if I'm doing a bunch of, now you're trying to secure it based on your merit. Who hears this? I would, ooh, who wish they would have known this 20 years ago? You know how far you would be ahead right now? I wouldn't have to fight through these rigid mindsets and mean looks and crazy stares. And eyeballs rolling. 
<laughs> and see, oh, once this truth becomes a reality to you, beloved, you will stop saying things like, I'm just trying to make it to heaven. You ever heard people say that? I'm just trying, especially old mothers, I'm just trying to make it to heaven. I hope I get in. And, and, and some of you just sung this last week, Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, 99 and a half. Are you here? See, try to, see, try, try, your own effort. Trying to make a hundred. Why? Because 99 and a half. And let me tell you something. And when you let this truth uh, uh, be deep-seated in you, you will stop running and just rest. You'll go from running to just being seated. What you running for? Rest. Why? Because you have been seated in heavenly places. Why are you still running trying to make a hundred? You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And there's somewhere, somebody right now, I, I submit to you, declaring that, Lord, I'm running. See, revelation truths will take you from running to just seating. Sitting. What, what, what are you saying? Just resting, man of God, in what Jesus did. He ran for me. I don't have to run. See what religion has done? So the gospel is good news in that, see, some, I, some can't receive this because, you, you, you know, uh, because we've been so indoctrinated and work, 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 work. You, 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 you. And it negates everything that Christ has done. It's a guarantee. Uh, uh, you see, people always start trying to. I'm talking about somebody, man of God, who really accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Based upon the word, someone who became a believer. And we know that by their good deeds. We know he saved. Why? The fruit. His lifestyle. Not people who just go through the motions. You do know people who go through the motions and have never even really accepted Jesus as a Savior. I mean, again, in some denominations, if, if, if I just was asked to come down and they shook my hand, didn't say anything about receiving salvation, and I've never received salvation. And do you want to become a member? I've joined, and now I've gotten in the routine of doing church. But never even accepted Jesus. I wish I had some Bible readers in here. I heard that. Where is he getting this stuff? From the Bible. You ought to read it sometime. It'll bless your life. It will transform your life. So the gospel is good news in that our salvation and eternal life are what? Guaranteed through who? Guaranteed through who? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Let me move on. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Let me start. You must now recognize that you were redeemed. Ransom from the useless, fruitless way of living, inherited 
by tradition from your forefathers. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. But you were purchased with who? Christ's blood. You are what? Someone say, I've been purchased. Now, that word redeem in the Greek, it connotes, uh, of course, a purchase been made or a price been made. Uh, but it literally means to release or to set free by paying the full ransom. It's the Greek word lutron. To release, to set free by paying the full ransom. I'm going to go so, so slow so you can get this. Yeah. To release on receipt of ransom. Y'all getting this. To restore something back. And to, pos- ah, ooh, listen to this. God, it's good all the time. So this is how I be doing at home when I'm studying. I'm y'all over, just, cause just, it's so good. To release or set free by paying the full ransom, okay? To release on receipt of ransom. Figuratively, watch this, to restore something back into the possession of its rightful owner. That is, rescuing from the power and possession of an alien possessor. Listen, Satan is the alien possessor who purchased all of us by way of sin. Because you remember the last few weeks we talked about how uh, all have sinned because of what Adam did. And we read in Romans 6.23, for the rages of sin is death, or the payment as a result of sin was what? Death. And we became aliens. Sold into slavery. Of sin. That's why Romans 6 says we're no longer under sin's dominion. Once you're born again. Are you following me? Basically, let me say it like this. We belong to God, and when Adam and Eve abdicated the promise, they sold us to Satan, if that makes any sense. Who, who gets what I'm saying? For the sake of you understanding my point. Well, where's that at where it says he sold us? See, you know what I'm saying. Listen, if you were not bought or purchased by another, there would have been no need to redeem you or purchase you back. So some, whoever you want to I don't know, whoever you want to declare, somebody bought you. To restore, listen to this, to restore something back into possession of its rightful owner. So When we are born again, we are now restored back to our rightful owner, which is your, who created you? Who? God. Right? He created all things, even you. So, understanding he is the creator of all things lets me know that I belong to him initially. What's his possession? Why? Because he created me. This is not deep, guys. Y'all should be looking a little bit more vibrant than like 
like this is hard. It's not hard. So it is to release on receipt of ransom. Restore back something into the, uh, to restore something back into the possession of its rightful owner. That is rescuing from the power and possession of an alien possessor. We were purchased at the cost of Christ's death. We just read these verses, right? So for a believer to lose this, we're talking about a belief, someone who's really accepted Christ. For a believer to lose salvation, watch this now, God himself would have to revoke his purchase of us for whom he paid with the precious blood of Jesus. He would have to revoke that. And once you become his, it will not be revoked because none shall be plucked out of his hands. Let me show you something. See, we're so used to bumping and jumping that when I have to sit still and listen, Ephesians 1, 7. Let me show you something. <laughs> you belong to God. That's why in the scripture that I quoted to you earlier, uh, you were purchased with a high price. See, you're no longer your own. Why? Because you've been bought. Are you out here? Who's getting this? Oh, that's why when you understand what we read a couple weeks ago in Romans when Paul was saying, who shall bring a charge against you? You can't be bring a charge against me because I've been bought. My owner doesn't even condemn me. The one who owned me doesn't even judge and condemn me. So who are you? So when they point the finger, you just point to the owner. Point to the one who owns you. <laughs> point to the father. Well, you know you're this and you're that. Well, look at my father. Your mindset should be, I'm not studying you. I'm paying you no never mind. Look at my father. Take it up with him. He bought me. I don't belong to myself. He bought. In him, you also know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's the right verse. Yes. <laughs> In him. We have, do y'all see this? Deliverance and in who? Why? Because he purchased you. Through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings. Again, when they try to bring a charge against you, man, go talk to my dad. Shortcomings and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Now, Ephesians 13 and 14, let me show you something. Write these verses down. Like we talked about last week, analogia scriptura. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. So if you arrive at a passive of scripture that seemingly contradict another truth found elsewhere, the Bible not wrong. As y'all say, no lies detected. <laughs> You're wrong. God is not wrong. 
<laughs> in him, you also, watch this, when you heard the word of truth, here we go again, the good news of your salvation as a result, believed in him, were what? Stamped with the seal of the promise of Holy Spirit. The one, do you see the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. You are owned by God. Do you see this? In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, watch it, the good, as we said last week, the good news will lead you out. <laughs> are you here? And as a result, believed in him, were stamped. Do you see this? With the seal of promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. The, sp oh, the Spirit is the guarantee. See, that's why I, I preface this by saying it's a guarantee. The Spirit is the guarantee. The first installment, the pledge and the foretaste of our, of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchased possessions, talking about what? His believers to the praise of glory of God. In other words, you are sealed until that day of redeeming, redemption. Beloved, the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the new creation, that's, that's old. See, even listen to what I said. The old, old things, 91 being Christ, is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. L listen to me. Now, anyone who be in Christ. See, now I'm in him. See, our life is, is, is hid in him. And see, again, we keep equating the old man who died with the new man who's being regenerated or born from above or born again. As a matter of fact, here's why you can discredit that. Listen, you're not even talking. That man died. So how can you charge him and he's dead? All things become new. Even you. Listen, the new, this is what we just read. This is what he's saying. The new creation is marked, marked and sealed with Holy Spirit. Watch this, who was, watch this, who was promised to act as a deposit to guarantee our heavenly inheritance. Lord, I got this. I'm going to guard this until the day of redemption. Are you here? And the end result is that God's glory is praised. You see that in verse 14. How can you stand up there with boldness and Declare this because I can read. <laughs> I love when Bishop say that, man. Love it when he say it. For a believer, I said believer now, to lose salvation. Based upon what we just read, God would have to erase the seal, withdraw Holy Spirit, cancel the deposit, break his promise, revoke the guarantee, keep the inheritance, forego the praise, and lessen his glory. But he's a man. He's not a man that he should... And all the promises of God 
are yes and amen in him. We say this, my salvation is a gift. See, now this is where I really need to stop. But I really think you need all of these verses. So when you go out here and preach this, you'll know what you're talking about. Salvation is a gift. It's a Romans 6.23. Let me show you something real quick. You've seen this. For the wages of sin, for the wages which sin pays is what? Death. Okay? Again, we talked about what that means. As a result of Adam's sin, the payment was death. Not, you know, how some religious people are going to repeat, you know, the way you sin is death. What they say, if you keep sinning, you're going to die. That's not what that scripture means. What he's telling us is as a result of sin, the payment was death. And they never really finished reading the rest of the verse. Watch this. But the bountiful purchased gift. Does it say purchased? Say it again, daughter. Free Free. gift being the operative word. Is, see, here it goes again. But the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life. The free gift of God is the free gift of God is the free gift of God is eternal life. Hold on. Let's just stop right there. The free gift is eternal life. Do you see this? Through and in union with Christ our Lord. So again, his purchased blood. Now, we just seen that salvation is a what? Free gift. And God's gifts are irrevocable. He's not an Indian giver. He's not a, okay, he's not a, yeah. Whatever that is supposed to mean. I know some African Americans who give and take back. So let's stop saying Indian givers. Because I guess what we're trying to say is they give and then take back. No, no, no. I know some black folk. Let me say it that way. Some blacks. Some Afro Americanas. Who will give you something and snatch it back the moment you don't act the way they want you to act. Thank God he's not like black folks. Some black folks, that is. And see, I hear it. Well, and if I was Caucasian, I would say, thank God he's not like some Caucasian folks. And if I was like to you now, I say, thank God Jesus is <laughs> not like Latino. So y'all get the point. But the guys get serious for a moment. So we've seen that salvation is a free gift. Eternal life is a free gift. And the gifts of God are irrevocable. Romans, okay, there y'all got. 
don't be afraid to learn, guys. You have your phone with you. Google it. it, it irrevocable. Lord, what, what that mean? Google. Ask Google. Watch this. For the uh, Romans eleven twenty nine. Do you see this? Romans eleven twenty nine. For God's gifts, plural, not just relative to your call. God's gifts and his call are what? Irrevocable. What do you mean? He never withdraws them once they are giving. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. But what I wanted to show you here is that the gifts are irrevocable. I'm still not convinced. I don't know. You, you, you died. Give me more. John 10, 27, 28. Who's here? You see, what, what, people are so afraid of truth when you start teaching it, they're already looking for an excuse. And what about the what about the backslider? He's married. He's married to the backslider. That's what he's married to you. Y'all better stop letting people deem y'all to hell when God done sealed you in heaven. Amen. Thank you, bro. I don't know who you are, man, but you, you, you good. I like you. He rooted me on. Everybody else did. Get my wallet. I'm going to have to sow a seed on that young man. No, I like when people, as we said last week, who enjoy being led out. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, my sheep. And I give them, and I give them, and they shall never, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Why? Because you've been sealed. And when I buy something, I don't care how wretched you were, when I buy you, you're just as good as gold. Look at verse 28 in the Amplified. It gives it a little bit more clarity. Watch this. We almost at a stopping point. Oh, it's here. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never lose it, or perish throughout the ages. To all eternity, they shall never by any means, be destroyed, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hands. Hold on. Eternal. Aeneas Zoe, eternal life. Unstoppable life. Life that cannot be extinguished. That's what's running through the veins of a believer. Life that cannot be Put out. Eternal life is just that. Eternal. John 6, 47. We, we, ooh, we, we, we right there, guys. John 6, 47. Who getting something? Raise your hand. Man, this is good. Some of you don't been, especially if you, I don't know some of your backgrounds, but some of you been offering up sacrifices, trying to get in. Well, I get in. I hope I make it. 
Lord, I'm running. Let that no longer be your morning devotion song. Stop running. So in the morning, this is what you do. Lord, I'm resting. <laughs> Thank you. He already did it for you. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, he who believes in me as Savior, who adheres to, see, that goes back to what James said. All everybody tell me, I'm saved. Well, you should be adhering to the word. Where are, you, where, where are you? Stop watching me from home. Stop watching your pastor from home, whoever you are. Who adheres to, trust in, relies on, and has faith in me, hold on, already. Not Brother Jackson over in the by and by, wherever that is. Not over yonder, wherever yonder is. It, it, you better watch what people are telling you. Tell them where is over yonder at. What a, what a, what a scripture for over yonder. And what's over yonder? Who over there? Yeah, what's over there? <laughs> Watch this. You have eternal life already. When? When? Whoever adheres to trust and relies on and has faith in me already has eternal life. That is now possesses it. So the moment you receive him as Savior, trust in, have faith in, rely on. Listen, the moment you receive, daughter, you have eternal life now. <laughs> Not as you grow stronger in the Lord, you have it now. Ah, do you hear that? Not as you mature, Minister Kate. No, I have it now. Let me close with this. Write this down. What let me tell you, let me tell you what your salvation testimony should sound like. Write that down. What my salvation testimony should sound like. Listen, do you know how disheartening that is for you to give your life to Christ and here you don't even know? Oh man, that's too much of a burden. That's too much pressure. Pastor was telling about someone yesterday. Someone was mentioning her about somebody that knew somebody and somebody, you know. And basically, the person struggled for years because they weren't sure of their salvation. Man, that's for years. That's, you heard her. That's too much pressure. And unfortunately, Uh, orators who have not studied as they should have been guilty of propagating that nonsense. What your salvation testimony should sound like, 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Oh, this is what your testimony should sound like. Who want to know what the testimony should sound like? Listen, I've done showed you more verses than you, you really have enough now to go out and do some damage to set the captives free. But we, we, want, the, we want you to put the extra on it once they set free. You'd be like, hey, girl, girl, you thought that was something. Throw this on, throw that on top of it. Or is, damn you, do you want them unquestionably free? Isn't that how you say it? Yeah. Blessed, this, this is what your testimony should sound like. I'm blessed. Gratefully praised and adored. Watch this. 
be God that is. Now you're blessed, but greatly to be praised and adored is Him. Be the, <laughs> let, let, let me clarify this. Because <laughs> I want your testimony to be accurate. See, we don't want you out here, you get the praise. <laughs> We're going to give honor to whom honor to do, but no, nobody gets the honor that God gets. Nobody gets his glory. All right. Watch this. Blessed, great, gratefully praised and adored be who? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is, to be reborn from above. That word born again literally means to be born from above. Watch this. Spiritually what? Transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. Listen to this. To an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you see this? So because of what Jesus done. And we've seen that when you receive him, you have eternal life now. And because of that, you should have a confidence, a confident assurance through his resurrection. That was the whole thing about in 1 Corinthians 15. If you keep reading down, you know, Paul goes on talk about, man, we're in trouble if Christ didn't raise from the dead. But he did. And since he was resurrected, you, that assures your resurrection. Are you here? Look at verse 4. Watch this. Look at verse 4. Y'all didn't get happy off that verse. Verse 4. Born anew into an inheritance. Sound like Ephesians 1. Which is what? Imperishable. Beyond reach of change. And undefiled and unfading. Reserved in heaven. For the sake of this illustration, it's almost like the moment we just seen when you receive Jesus, you have eternal life when? Now, you made your reservation. Seal. Thank you. Confirmation. Now, uh, I would set that date way on out somewhere. But nonetheless, we got your reservation. Who get what I'm saying? Because some of y'all go out here, you're going to talk yourself into an early ascension. Girl, I got my reservation, girl. Yeah, girl. When you going? I don't know. I might go. No, nah, you better stop. When you going? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be caught up when he come back. That should be your confession. And if he should tarry, hey, I'm going to be like Methuselah. Set the goal. Girl, ain't nobody never lived to be 969 but my Well, I'm going to try. Some of y'all don't want to live that long. Huh? That's eternity. Forever. Watch this. Born into inheritance, which is in person, but beyond reach and change and undefiled, unfaded, reserved in heaven for who? Last verses, John 5, no, 1 John 5, 11 through 13. Do y'all see this? It secured, Brother Jackson, your salvation, that is, and eternal life through Christ's blood. Through his work, not ours. Who's, who, just seen, who just heard what I just said? It secured, daughter, through his work, not mine. Do you get that? Not my work, minister. His work. See, here goes your testimony right here. And the testimony is this. Do y'all see this? And the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. 
And this life is in his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. That's your testimony. What? God already given me eternal life. How you know you're going to hell? You, should, you, you shouldn't talk ugly to your husband. You're going to die and go to hell. No, you're right, Ma. I shouldn't talk ugly. But I definitely ain't dying going to hell. Why? Because God has already given me eternal life. Are you here? Verse 12. He who has the Son by accepting him as Lord and Savior, has the life that is. Do you see this? So if you have the Son, you have eternal life. He who does not have the Son of God, by personal faith, does not have the life. These things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does. Watch this. So that you will know. Hold on, man. So that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge. It doesn't get any better than this. So that you will know with set with so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. Not then. So that should be your testimony what? I already have. Well, how can you say that? Because it was secured through the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. If you have Jesus, you have life, eternal life. If you do not have Jesus, beloved, you do not have life or life eternal. Listen. Notice I said, if you have Jesus, you have life. Not temporarily life. Not for a long period of time. But eternal. You hear? How how can we say it? You know this based upon... 1 John 5, 13, what we, just, what we just read. These things I've written to you that you, believe in, that you believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you would know. So if you believe in him, you should know. Watch this. If you truly accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, you should know. It should be settled with absolute knowledge. In other words, I know that I know that I know that I know. That you already have eternal life. And I submit to you, beloved, if you trusted in Jesus alone (laughs) for salvation, you are saved. And if you are saved, your salvation and eternal life is secured through him. Watch this. The mere fact that you worship Jesus, you'll want to do, like James says, your life will be characterized by good works, by good deeds. But you understand that the good deeds are not what gives me eternal life. I have eternal life through what Jesus did, not but not by what I do. Understand God wants us to have assurance of our salvation. And and, and no Christian, no born-again Christian, someone who's given their life to Jesus Christ, should be living a life of wondering and worrying whether or not their salvation is secure. And And if you are the individual, I submit to you, beloved, get in your word and stand on every scripture until it becomes part of your conviction And it no longer has you in that place of worry and doubt because you shouldn't be. You should know. It should be a settled fact. Amen. Listen to this, and I'm done. Our salvation, our assurance of salvation 
is based on the perfect and complete salvation God has provided us through Christ. So again, it's secured through Christ. And I submit to you, again, if you are trusting Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you believed in him as Savior and Lord, you have eternal life now. Come on, let's get a little shout of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.